Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast. This is season nine, episode six. We're coming to you today from Columbus, Ohio, home of the Anthony Thomas Candy Company, where they make more than 50,000 pounds of candy each day. That's a lot of candy. That is a lot of candy. It's more than I can eat. (laughs) I think I might gain 50,000 pounds if I ate that much. Yeah. So I'm Terry, Church Ministries Leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan, the Director of Development for the Eastern PA District of the Alliance. And Alan, today we're going to talk about ESL, English as a Second Language. So here's just a, a brief little story on uh, my end. I was pastoring in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, yeah. and uh, started seeing and and uh, having some contact with the Somalian community of that uh, particular area and always had a heart to try to do something to reach out to them in the love of Christ, but never quite figured out the way to do it. And after I left our Spanish-speaking church plant in cooperation with the Mother Church, Emanuel Church of Mechanicsburg, began to do ESL Mm -hmm. and have seen tremendous uh, gospel opportunities mm-hmm. uh, come through that, not only with Spanish speakers, but also with Arabic speakers and a uh, variety of uh, variety of nations. Mm-hmm, for sure. So this seems like a a great way to uh, for churches to reach uh, immigrants and refugees. It sure does. Yeah, I am familiar with the uh, what's going on at Emmanuel since you left there, and I just talked to one their director for that this year, and they have thirty Moroccans. Wow. in their group this year. So that's pretty exciting Ooh, stuff. Fantastic. So this is such a great opportunity that we have uh, added a, a staff member at the national office, director of uh, Great Commission ESL. That's Bruce Lyman. And uh, Bruce, we're glad to have you with us today and looking forward to a conversation about English as a second language. Happy so, to be here. Yeah, really glad to have you here. Grab yourself a Chick-fil-A Arnold Palmer. This one particularly is diet lemonade with sweet tea. It makes no sense to mix diet and sweet tea, Terry. It does not, but it sure tastes. <laughs> so good. you could just have diet lemonade like me if you want. Yes, yes. I get to name the drinks here. Alan. Oh, okay. <laughs> so grab yourself a Chick-fil-A Arnold Palmer. Chief drink identifier. Sit back, relax. Here we go. So, Bruce, again, great to have you with us and appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today on Equipping You Podcast. So uh, if you would, let our listeners get to know you a bit and give us the Reader's Digest version of your spiritual journey and your call to ministry. Well, sure. Raised in a Christian home, but of a non-evangelical church. Really blew my dad out of the water when I didn't become a Christian when I was supposed to. But I uh, got <laughs> saved through Young Life in high school and um, pretty much grew in my relationship with the Lord, but never had anyone to disciple me and just kind of here and there. But I went into the environmental field 
ended up working with a hazardous waste company in Washington. And from that, God called me into the ministry, which I'm very thankful for yeah. at that point in time. And ended up at ATS and uh, graduated 87, ended up uh, going right into a church plant, had, had been involved in two church plants since then, five different ministries over the last 35 years or so. Wow. That's encouraging. Always happy when I hear the word church plant. Together. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. That's good. So that's quite a journey. So tell us about a couple of leaders that have been really influential to you along the way. Well, I would say when I got to seminary, again, I had never had anyone disciple me. And I ended up in a small group of Terry Wardle, who was teaching mm, oh, yeah. at the yeah. time. Yeah. And that was a revelation. That yeah. was really neat to meet with a couple of guys and talk through issues. And, okay, this is why I believe that yeah. and everything. So that was really good. Uh, the other one that I think has been influential, but just incredible support was um, Tim Feather, oh. um, who was the pastor at Crosspoint as we began moving into ESL and was just so encouraging and supportive yeah. of anything as we were moving into that. So yeah. provided a great atmosphere and a place to do that. Wow. That's really, that's neat when people can make a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to us, Bruce, about how you initially got involved in uh, teaching English as a second language or ESL, as we call it. <laughs> it's got a lot of different um, initials there. But mm -hmm. uh, basically, when my kids moved out of the house, my wife was interested in doing something different than child care and kids church. And she said, I want to do it outside the church. I said, that's even better. Yeah. So she found an ESL ministry in Akron, had never heard of it or thought of it before. And I just started getting really jealous. No. She was working with these beautiful, really short little um, Korean women. Many were Christians. And um, so she was involved in that. The teacher went back for a PhD. And at that point, I said, let me find a place for both of us. And we ended up working at a, a really large church that had ESL ministry. And when they changed their night to a different night, we ended up, well, we've got commitments on that night. So Tim Feather said, why don't we do it here? In Ak we were from that church, maybe uh, six miles, not mm -hmm. that far, but on the northwest side. And I said, Tim, there's nobody around here that doesn't look like me. He mm -hmm. said, well, let's do, do demographics. Turned out there were 3,016 non-Anglo, non-African-American within three miles of our church. Wow. See, I lived about 20 miles south, so it's like I didn't know the area that well. It's like, well, since then, God has brought 62 nations into the ESO ministry in the last Six nine years. years. Oh, wow. Amazing. That's probably by God. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that is mind boggling when you think about that. When you, so, you know, who, who are we trying to reach through ESL and, and what are we ultimately trying to accomplish? Well, the, the ultimate accomplishment, the, the desire is to see people come to Christ. Yeah. Um, and we are reaching anybody that doesn't speak English, which is a large number of people in America mm -hmm. right now, whether they are here as refugees. Um, whether they're here, even as the Afghans and the Ukrainians that have just come in, whatever their reason, immigrants, visiting, staying with family, many don't know English well enough to survive, no less thrive mm -hmm. in America. So that's who we're trying to reach. And the goal is not just to see them come to Christ. Part of my heart and vision is to see them come to know Christ, be discipled and go back to their homelands, many of which we could not go to because the persecution. So I'm excited about the day when that comes to be, when they can go under the radar back in. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So ESL is a relatively new thing in terms of Alliance churches being involved in such a thing, but uh, certainly ministry to immigrants and refugees is not, you know, that's part of the history and heritage of the Alliance. So kind of tie that all together. How does ESL fit into the history and heritage of Christian Missionary Alliance? Well, we were founded by an immigrant from Canada, A.B. Simpson, Um, but his desire to, to meet the nations in New York City led him to reach a lot more people than just the missionaries that were going in and out. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think he knew Italian when he uh, connected with that 100 or 120 Italians um, mm-hmm. on the docks of New York City. Um, but there had to have been something going on there. There's a contemporary of his, I don't know the name, in Chicago at the same time that A.B. was really good friends with, who was doing English classes. Um, I don't have anything that says uh, Simpson was, but it was really important as you're yeah. meeting people from yeah. other countries to help them get a grip and the jobs that come through English were really important. So it goes way back. And on the mission f- mission field, it's part of the you know bread and butter in many places from the beginning of trying to connect with people in a community. Yeah, it can give them a leg up if they know English, I guess, on the mission field and history is serving them in a way that's really practical for them. So I only speak English. Terry claims to speak Spanish, but most people know the reality of that is (laughs) not true. Um, I didn't say I spoke Spanish, Alan. I said I'm fluent in Spanish. Right. Fluent in Spanish. Right. Um, (laughs) Right. Like you said, you're fluent in Spanish. (laughs) So how can I be an ESL teacher? I mean, what what, honestly, what are the key traits you're looking for uh, for an ESL teacher? Uh, speaking English is really important. I can do that. There you go. But you don't even have to be Terry's a native. Working on that. <laughs> He's working on that. <laughs> it's not critical that you be a native English speaker. I've been working with many Hispanic churches recently, and the second generation and others that are coming in have a good handle on English are doing great jobs. But the main things are you need to love Jesus and love people. And I think being curious about other cultures is really helpful. Mm. Why is curiosity helpful? Because so many folks coming in are interested in learning about American culture, and rather than just dogmatic say, this is what we do, this is what we do, it's like, well, in your country, what do you guys do? Do you have this kind of ceremony? Do you have baby showers? And, oh, okay, why not? Those kind of things give a back and forth between us. So we are learners as well as teaching. Okay. So the learning posture really helps to, how does that, how does that help? Does it kind of break down walls or what does that do? Breaks down walls. Um, it, it gives you conversation, which is not in the book. Mm-hmm. And when you begin talking about their homelands, mm-hmm. they have a chance to share something more that they know and nobody else does. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really helps open up relationships and conversation. Yeah. Just just curiosity, follow-up question on that. Speaking of curiosity. <laughs> do most people come to you not speaking a word of English huh. or speaking a little bit of broken English? What what's what's the typical uh characteristic of a of a student in that there is no typical. Okay. Mm. But if you are many of our alliance churches are working with refugee populations, with refugee populations, it's a lot closer to zero. Or really, really low levels. Okay. There's anything from intro, which would be almost no English at all, to level five, 
and advanced for college students or those that are trying to perfect their English. Um, but it all depends. You never really know when you start a ministry what level students you're going to get. Yeah. So you've been involved in this for a while. We've been doing this, um, been doing English at our church for, this is the 10th year. Wow. So tell us a couple of stories that have emerged oh out goodness. of your uh, ESL. No, we love stories at Equipping You. We so do. Bring oh, it, my Bruce. goodness. Bring this, it, Bruce. This is great. Plenty of time. Plenty yeah. of time. Oh, one of uh, our favorite sisters in the Lord is Lynn, and she's from Vietnam. And if you remember back to the days of the boat people, mm -hmm. she was one that actually got five boats going and people on them and paid for them and everything. She got arrested every time. Mm -hmm. um, she ended up finally getting out and came to America, married, and she and her husband had properties in California. Once she had a son, he pretty soon divorced her. And so she was on her own. Uh, she ended up in Akron, Ohio. I don't know how she got here from California, but she did. And um, she was sitting in a ladies' spa in a YMCA, and a woman very, very lovingly said, I can tell you've been in America a long time, but you speak really bad English. That's not a way to talk to people. <laughs> but... How to win was, friends and influence. Oh people. my goodness. She was pretty thick skinned by then. And she the last gal said, You should go to Cross Point Church. Well, she came. And here she is interacting in our classes, uh, typically two hours a week, a morning or evening. And she sees this gal, Carrie, and they look at each other. It's like, do we know each other? Well, they've been living within eight houses of each other for like 15 years. Wow. But Lynn was off on a cul-de-sac, you know, and there was not that kind of connection. And it turned out they became the best of friends. Mm. Um, Lynn started coming to our classes, and she loved it. On Easter that year, we showed the Jesus video for children, mm -hmm. which is a terrific tool for ESL, even better than the two-hour word-for-word from the Bible. Mm. Um, Jesus, Jesus video or whatever they call DVD. Um, anyway, she saw that. We did it in 12 languages that year. Wow. And it was neat. There was a map. We had Hungarian here and Portuguese. Um, and she was the only one in Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Mm. So she and Carrie sat in the uh, office there and watched the video. Mm -hmm. And she'd never heard this story before. Wow. Wow. And it just really touched her. So we invited all the students to come on Easter. That was the class before that. She came on Easter and didn't become a Christian then, but she came every week. She started being one of our best ambassadors for ESL, wherever she was. She knew how to invite somebody to come yeah. to classes yeah. because she knew from her experience how good it was. Uh, summer came on, and um, over the summer, we usually stop classes because teachers need a break. Mm -hmm. And um, so towards the end of the summer, getting into September, she uh, texted me and she said, Bruce, can I talk with you? I said, sure. She came into my office. She said, Bruce, I'm going back to Vietnam. Mm. I want to bring my mom here. She's legally blind and she's mm. almost deaf. She just lives with my brother, does nothing. So well, that's great. So she said, you know, would you pray for me? And so I prayed, you know, that yeah, she'd have results there again. She wasn't a believer. Um, she heads out. We got one email, some connection in about a week. And she said, things are looking good. We're going to go to the doctor. Then we'll be home. Well, two weeks went by and heard nothing. I finally got a phone call on a Sunday night. And Lynn was really broken up. 
And I said, what's wrong? She said, can I come and talk with you? So she came on Monday morning and she said, Bruce, they found spots on my mom's lungs. Mm. So um, tuberculosis. Hmm. Um, I come back to America. My son, who I have been putting through college, is dropping out. My ex-husband's been stealing all my properties in California. I just can't carry all these burdens. Mm. And it wasn't me because I'm not that smart. The Holy Spirit whispered, you don't have to carry them. And I began to tell her, you've heard about Jesus. You've heard what he's done for us. Mm. But he came to carry those burdens Mm, and to help us through those things. Mm -hmm. And I asked her if she wanted to trust Jesus Mm. and become a Christian. She said, yes. And I never do a pray after me uh, when someone is coming to know Christ. And it's amazing how often they say things that I never told them that. And that's beautiful work of the Holy Spirit. So when she was done praying, she opened her eyes, and it's almost like her shoulders were higher, like a burden was lifted. And I said, and she was smiling. I hadn't said, so what? She said, I'm not worried about my mom or my son or my ex-husband stealing my properties. I said, that's pretty amazing. You know, just in, so she um, comes to class the next morning. I didn't tell anybody, which is something really important as people are having spiritual progress. You keep that really tight. Mm-hmm. That that word never gets out. So uh, several of the teachers came to me after class. Bruce, what happened to Lynn? What do you mean, Bruce? What happened? I don't. Well, she accepted Jesus yesterday, but I don't think she knows what that means, and she didn't. So, but she started coming to class. I did a class on Sunday morning, asking questions, discipling her, helping her understand what it meant to be a Christian. And she is now, she's been living in California again for, I think, wow, six or seven years. She Zooms into the ladies' Bible study for ESL women every single week. There's always Lynn popping up on the screen there. And she just loves the folks. Um, And even having a Bible study with women from ESL is a pretty amazing thing, too. Yeah, that's beautiful. So she is a really, really wonderful story of how God worked. Through a hard word in a lady sauna. <laughs> yeah, 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 go figure. Go figure. That's great. Uh, I love to hear stories like that. Um, when you... Well, there's another one in oh, process. By all means. Go bring um, it. Go for it. Because we are in Akron, Ohio. I call that the rubber capital of the universe. Mm-hmm. Because Bridgestone, Firestone, Goodyear, yeah. all the tire companies mm-hmm. started there. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't realize Bridgestone was a Japanese company as we started getting ESL students. Mm-hmm. Wives of husbands who were here working with um, American engineers mm-hmm. for two or four years. Mm-hmm. And I think we've had almost 60 women or husbands have come to our classes over the last uh, nine and a half years. Wow. Because where they live in Japan is very close to where our field office is. Okay. And we are now trying to connect them with the missionary, with the international workers that are there. Wow. Um, but I had been praying a long time about trying to connect with the men because the men will come for ping pong and badminton tournaments, but that's about it. Badminton. Badminton. They love badminton. So good times with that before COVID, but we're going to do it again. Uh, So we ended up, um, I just started asking Carrie, who are the women that are in the Bible study? And she gave me a list. And so I started praying. It's like, okay, maybe one of these husbands would be open. Mm -hmm. And I started meeting with a guy named Masa. 
his wife was I, and I had already fallen in love with their son, Sosuke. And um, I used to have this little band of two-year-old Japanese boys that would follow me around ESL. <laughs> We'd play games and throw them up in the air, and they just so, loved that's it. That's awesome. It's before I had grandkids, so now I'm getting, it was like a prequel was to that. Yeah, yeah practice. practice. I get it. I get it. But so we're talking and having lunch at a um, uh, Subway, and I said, would you be interested in, in studying the Bible? He said, well, I was going to ask you that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. And that was um, as COVID was starting up. So we ended up going the whole summer meeting in a, in a county park mm. um, with mosquitoes and all. And so nice. would come and do his nice. stuff over on the side. And then we went to Zoom. And that went for about a year, went through a terrific tool, going through the whole life of Jesus in 24 sessions. Yeah. Um, it was just great and talked about a lot of things and finally came down. It's like, what is keeping you from that decision? Boom. Ancestor worship really fast. Wow. Mm. Okay. Okay. Which gave me something I need to really learn about. Yeah. They had a second child and Utah was born and that just kind of took everything off the, the pages for a while. And I began praying, God, is this a relationship? Is this a person of peace that I need to continue to pursue? Yeah. And with Japanese culture, they don't usually invite you to things. And you need to realize that's the culture. So I was praying and I was getting really disappointed because I really missed time with them. I really loved them as a yeah. family. And I finally reached out to Aya, the wife who was coming to our classes. And she said, I was going to ask you this week if we could start Bible study again. Yeah. And that was really wonderful. So we've started that up again. And I'm really excited about where that's going to go. We're just going through some of the narratives of the Christmas story right now. Nice. And um, bit nice. by bit, it takes a long time because most Japanese have never heard the name of Jesus, never seen the Bible, mm. have no idea what Christianity yeah. is. Wow. Yeah. My goodness. So yeah. lots of opportunities, but long time. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, so what do we? What does a church want to do? A pastor or a church leaders listening in there? interested in starting an ESL in their church or maybe maybe cooperating with a few churches in their area to do it, yeah. what steps do they need to take? Uh, the best step would be to contact um, us here at the National Office, Great Commission ESL. Um, five years ago, I started traveling and teaching churches how to teach English as a second language. Um, and we've taught, we've gotten about 50 churches in the country started. Wow. Not all alliance, yeah. uh, many different denominations, but it has been an incredible blessing to see churches get going and started with people that have ever taught anything in their life. Yeah. Because the 11-hour workshop that we train, actually, we have eight other trainers now that can also travel. And when you have a cooperative, if you have either several churches working together, or I'm beginning to talk with district superintendents about hosting an event that several churches could come to, to cut the cost down. Yeah, um, makes sense. But that is a 11-hour workshop, and I do coaching before the workshop and after to get you uh, launching well. Yeah. And um, it's wonderful to hear the stories that come out of English ministries that are happening yeah. all around the country. Yeah. That's beautiful. Love it. So we're always interested in the price tag. Oh, the price tag. So how much money and how many people will it take to run an ESL ministry? I'm guessing it's not Terry's favorite price, which is free. Yeah, it's not quite that. Yeah, it's a little bit above that. But the number is amazing. All you need are seven people 
that are interested in teaching English to be trained. Mm -hmm. That way you have one director that oversees things mm -hmm. and then three classes with two trained teachers. Okay. Because the classes will grow as soon as you start and this friend and they invite family and all those different things there. Um, the cost is about $2,000 for a workshop, including that includes airfare and honorariums for the trainers, the mm -hmm. coaching and everything else that relates to that. We have been doing ethnic churches at a discount, which has been an awful lot of fun working with so many uh, Hispanic churches in the last year here. And then there's a charge per person. Some of the churches pay for that. Some of the churches have the individuals pay for that, the resources they receive and the training, yep. learning how to share their faith, their story in three minutes, because yeah. that's all you have with a student that doesn't understand English very well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. That's great. So churches can get in touch with you to get something scheduled and and working together is a great option. Exactly. Yeah. And I am always in the process when a church wants to schedule something of connecting with other Reliance churches in the area through the district, which cuts the cost down for everybody that mm -hmm. way. I'm you know, honestly really excited that uh, this is becoming part of the national office team, the church ministries team, because I can't, it's hard to fathom a more I hate to say easy because nothing's easy, but a more clear way to reach people from different cultures no. uh, than to actually speak, help them learn the language that is so beneficial to them, serve them in a way that is so practical for them, uh, that makes their life so much better. So just repeat for our listeners here how they get in touch with you to get the process started. Again, you can contact National Office. My email, new email is Lyman, L-Y-M-A-N-B at uh, cmalliance.org. I think I got that right. You did. Yep. <laughs> yes. And I'm um, happy to connect and talk with you and see where that might go. All right. That sounds good. Thank you very much, Bruce. Yep. You're welcome. Appreciate all you're doing, Bruce, and hope that folks out there will take advantage of the opportunity to connect with you. I'm looking forward to that. So, Alan, have you ever thought about learning English? Um, <laughs> some say I should, some say I should, uh, just curious. I took phonics though, as a young child. So oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's a good first step for you, Alan. Mm. So, uh, really great, uh, ministry opportunity and so embedded in the heritage of our, uh, Alliance history, mm -hmm. what Bruce shared with us today. Yes. A.B. Simpson. Yes. The 1970s when Southeast Asians are coming and we're helping to resettle them. Yeah. Uh, ministry to Immigrants and Refugees is part and parcel to who we are as Christian Missionary Alliance. And I don't know of a better way to reach out to these folks than to do it ESL in your local church. Yeah. I'm Like I said just a few minutes ago, I can't fathom a more clear way to serve the people, the world that is coming to us. Yeah. So I forgot they, to tell you that it's more fun than I've ever had in my life. Fantastic. That's yeah. a great way to wrap it up, Terry, don't you think? It is a great way to wrap Have it up. Have fun and serve Jesus at the same time. And, and, and what a combination. Yeah. So uh, next time on episode seven, we'll be with uh, Ron and Lisa Ramsey, co-directors of Comma, uh, here at the national office. And so uh, look forward to that opportunity. But meanwhile, equipping you podcast listeners Keep the faith. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode.
For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.